Welcome to a brand new episode of Kids Ministry Real Talk. My name is Zach and I am your host and this is the podcast where we talk real ministry for real people. Today we are talking about five essential steps for success in leadership. And this is a topic that I am very excited about because this transcends just kids' ministry. And despite your role in kids' ministry, if you're a volunteer, if you're a staff person, if you're a ministry leader, if you're a pastor, if you are a work if you work in the marketplace and you're a Christian, these are topics that are essential for your success in leadership. And during my time, uh these have been five things that I have found to be absolutely crucial during my time when I was first volunteering as a new Christian to my time as staff in kids ministry to now my time overseeing kids ministry, overseeing other departments, other seeing, overseeing uh, the church. These are essential. So despite who you are, um, you are going to want to listen to these and apply these to your life and make sure that you are doing them properly. So there's tons, but I think I want to keep this very practical today and just give you five because these are the five that I think can be broken down and best explained. And so you can actually say, hey, how am I doing in this area? Evaluate for yourself and maybe make some shifts. So I, I want to give you the five off the top and then I'll go through them each talking about what's what does this mean? What is essential about this? And then uh, even give you some very practical ways about this looks and how you can evaluate these things for yourself. So the five are, the first one is spiritual vitality. The second one is marriage and family. Third one is relation um, skills. The fourth one is having directional clarity. And the fifth one is being a catalytic leader. So let me start right off the top, spiritual vitality. This is so important for anyone in ministry, even if you don't work in ministry, but you work in the marketplace, and if you're a lawyer, if you're a doctor, if you're a police officer, if you're a banker, you know, if you are a trades worker, anything, spiritual vitality is the most important thing because that is going to transcend every single thing you do. And oftentimes... For ministry workers, we're working in ministry, but we're not being ministered to. And that is a step that you have to take for yourself working in ministry. This isn't something that you can just, um, you know, assume is going to be happening. This is something that is a little bit of your responsibility. When you step into ministry, you're saying, listen, I'm a spiritual leader now. I have some skills to offer, and one of those things that's now my responsibility is to understand that I need to make sure that I'm spiritually healthy, that I'm having all my right ducks in a row, that I'm getting fed however it needs to be, and that you're making sure that. Now, that doesn't mean that you're solely responsible, but what it means is take your pulse Take your pulse and understand where you're at. Because if you're not spiritually healthy, you're not going to be able to do your job right. And that's actually being disserviceful to your leader, to the people you're servicing to, the people you're ministering to. It's so important. You need to be on pace. 
So in kids' ministry specifically, um, this is hard because lots of times, if you're going to the sermon to get fed, kids' ministry runs at the same time the sermon does. So that is really hard to do those things. I remember talking to my pastor and I said, this was early on in my kids' ministry walk when I'm trying to figure out um, this thing. It's like, you know, I'm not listening to sermon every single week. That's hard. But I thought I'd go to my pastor. I said, where do you get fed? And he said, when I am listening to the sermon, I am the most... When I'm preaching the sermon, sorry, I am the most convicted I ever am. And when he was preaching, he's actually being convicted by the Spirit himself. And I thought that's great to open up your eyes and says, as ministry leaders, our life isn't going to be nice. You know, we go to church, we get there, we listen to the sermon, we go home, we do the community group. It's, it's going to be different than that. Um, but you still need to be fed. And you still need to be have accountability in your life. Uh, one thing that I found, it's really easy to combine everything together. To say, you know what, I'm planning the kids um, lesson this week. I'm reading it over. You know, that's going to be my devotional time. And it's really easy to just say, you know, I'm reading the Bible so much. I have a friend um, he did his master's degree thesis on this idea that we read the Bible so much as ministry leaders, but when do we actually enjoy reading the Bible? And that was his topic about his thesis. And this is a great thing. We can become so numb to actually reading the word and understanding it and loving the word. So one important thing is to know that you can't start with your ministry work and make it your devotional life. One thing that I've found in my life is actually starting with devotionals first and letting that inspire my ministry work. So when I say, and it might not, so you can't uh, skew this and say, every day I do my devotionals and then I make that what I'm going to share that week in kids. No, because now your sharing is dependent on your devotional life. So you're going to blur that all up. But you say, I always do my devotionals and then I do my ministry work. Um, and if you're not a structured person like that, you know, change it up. But in, in the concept of it, you do your devotionals first and then you allow that to spread into your ministry work. One thing that um, I find very helpful for me is, um, and this is a good friend of mine, he gave me this idea, it says, praying through the scripture, asking the Holy Spirit to reveal Jesus through all things. When you're going, you read a verse or two and pray through it because it doesn't need to be a deep study. Maybe you're studying through other works of kids ministry and looking at the story and looking how Jesus revealed. You're going to do some of that scripture study, that exegetical work in your studies. But praying and being very um, intentional about asking Jesus to reveal himself through the, the scriptures um, personally to you and knowing that it's not about um, proper exegetical work in that moment, but just allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to you. So that's the most important thing. And and you know yourself and you know people around you, your pastors or, or your, your communities, your good friends. You got to go and ask them, hey, how can I get better at this? Or how can I change this? Um, 
in my life um, and talk through it with them and find good rhythms for yourself. So spiritual, spiritual vitality is very important. You need to find proper rhythms in your life and that's going to be very important. The next one is um, marriage and family. And um, this is something that might seem a little bit controversial, but your marriage and your family need to be part of your leadership. Now, I'll say this off the top because it is important. You need to protect your family and your wife or, well, my wife, if your spouse <laughs> or if your wife or husband or your family um, you need to protect them and know that make your, your, your best time with them. And that should always be the case. But I think that's what's preached a lot in ministry. And, you know, you know, don't take your work home with you and do all that stuff. And that's great. You need to make sure that that's always being cared for and you don't get hardened towards the church or towards ministry or, or to your spouse or to your kids. Um, you need to make sure that's true. But for me, um, or for everyone, if you've been called into pastoral ministry, and that's, you know, kids ministry, if you've been called, because if you're in kids ministry, you're pastoring towards those kids and you're pastoring towards the families, even if your title is director or assistant or associate or whatever it is. Um, so if you've been called into ministry, your spouse has been called into their own ministry as well. And you need to know that that is the calling. And you can't just separate these things. This isn't a regular job where you just punch in, punch out. This is a, a role that transcends all things in your life. And it goes hand in hand with your walk with God. Now, don't make your ministry your relationship with God. I'm not saying that. But you need to understand that there is a calling on your life. Um... You know, one thing that's always said a lot, I've heard from tons of people that I've worked with, especially pastors that have gone through burnout, is don't sacrifice your family on the altar of ministry. This is true, but we're all called to sacrifice. So we need to understand that there is a sacrifice and there is something to be said. Um, when you're, you're talking about you know, making a difference in people's lives, that's something to be sacrificed for. So understanding the calling of what Jesus is calling you to do, you need to make that clear and make sure you and your spouse and your kids and your family are on the same page. Now, you might be listening to this and you're single and, you know, you're young and you don't have family or kids. This is important because two things. One, you are the engine to the church. You have more time right now that you don't have, and you can make more sacrifices because it's just you. And you can go farther, and I'm not saying that you have to give more, but you don't have to worry about anyone else's limitations. You know, in being, I'm a married guy, so I know I've come home and, oh, I didn't catch the pulse right. We have actually sent ourselves too full in this season and that's a conversation I have to have with my wife and redirect what our priorities are this season but as a single person you only have to worry about your own pulse and you say right now I want to give more and then if you get too much 
you know that right away and you can make adjustments. So that's really important. So I want to encourage all single people out there. God has called you to do something right now and you need to go out and do it. Because there's lots, there's people dying and going to hell every single day and we need to get out there and we need to love them and shepherd them and uh, call people towards Jesus. Uh, just one thing on that sacrifice, a really inspiring story for me is I, our denominational leader, um, they were coming up with their new vision, their four-year, five-year plan, and it had a bunch of things on it. Hey, we want to see you know, this many people come to Jesus. We want to see this many church plants. And what he said is he, he got it from the board and he was, he's the, in charge of all the, or the whole denomination in the region. He looked at it and he sent it back and he said, this needs to be doubled. We need twice as many church plants. We need to see twice as many people come to Jesus. And he said, this vision is not enough. I will not die for this vision, but I'll die for twice as many church plants and twice as many people coming to Jesus. And I thought that was so inspiring. We are called to do an amazing work. And wherever you are, in whatever context, you're called there and you're called to do amazing work. And this is important. And it's something, is it worth dying for? And I would say that I think in many of your contexts that it is. There's kids who need to know Jesus. There's families that need to be ministered to. And your life is being a sacrifice to help those people better know Jesus and better understand them. So I encourage you in that. That was, that was a cool story for me to hear. Um, the next thing is one. So spiritual vitality, marriage and family, relational skills. This is one that we don't often talk about as a church because we're awkward and we're weird. But it's um, important to work on those soft skills. And these are relational skills. Being able to read a, a room, being able to understand what needs to be said right now. Um, this is hard. This can't necessarily be learned in, by reading a book. Um, so there's three aspects to this. And it's... Um, resolving conflict, building relationships, and emotional stability. And you need to have, be able to have these, um, these aspects for yourself when you're working in ministry. Um, the first one is building relationships. And building relationships, being able, these soft skills, being able to understand what's someone going through. Are they willing to do more right now? Do they need just time away? Um, reading the situation in the moment. When a parent comes up to you and they're upset about something, how are you going to respond? Are you going to lay the hammer down and say, no, listen, this is our rules and we're not going to break them for you. Are you going to understand that maybe this mom is having a tough time right now and she needs to just be ministered to? She needs to be say, how are you doing? Can I pray for you? So this is important to be able to read. And if you're not good at that, ask the people around you. Say, how can I get better at this? What, what am I missing? Um, because maybe it's a blind spot for you, and that's important to know your blind spots. So when you don't enter conversations a certain way and make them worse. So that's uh, building relationships, and and you need to build relationships in ministry. You can't do this alone. Um, we talked about this in the Getting More Volunteers um podcast if you haven't listened to that episode go listen to it that's that's really popular one and um 
you need other people to help you on your journey. And you're actually called as a ministry leader. And if you're listening to this podcast, I'm identifying you as a ministry leader. You want to do kids ministry better. And that makes you a ministry leader. So look at the people around you say, how, who can I build relationships with and who can I allow and bring and give the opportunity to in their discipleship journey and to disciple kids and parents and families around them. So building relationships. Second, resolving conflict. Resolving conflict is so important. If you can't understand that something's going wrong and be able to talk to people um, and get through situations, you won't be able to succeed. There's going to be conflict in leadership, in ministry. So you need to be able to resolve it. Uh, I won't talk too much on that. There's lots of great resources. One is Crucial Conversations. Um, and that's a great one to understand about how to have a crucial conversation and to resolve conflict. That's by um, Vital Smarts Group. It's a bunch of amazing psychologists and professors, and they came together and thought, how do we resolve conflict, um, help people resolve conflict in the workplace? So that's one, Crucial Conversations. Another one's Patrick Lencioni's um, Five Dysfunctions of a Team. This helps you resolve and understand um, how to build better as a team. And one of the, the things you need to have on team is conflict, but you need to be able to have healthy conflict. Um, so that starts with trust and accountability first. Um, so it kind of explains how to build those. So those are two great books. Go get them if you're not good at conflict. The last one is Emotional Stability. You need to be able to understand your emotional stability about how you... Um, work through things, how you understand things um, in your own life. This isn't just about um, understanding things uh, going on in other people's lives. It's really easy for us to walk around and say, well, that person's messed up. You know, that person needs to work on this. But about ourselves to understand, oh, right now in this conversation, I'm frustrated or I'm angry, or I'm sad. I need to know how to deal with myself so I can properly deal with other people. All right, so that's the three of them, and soft skills are really hard. Um, it's a huge conviction of mine. I think our seminaries produce a lot of great um, thinkers, but our seminaries do a bad job of producing a lot of great um, pastors in the sense that about how to have these better relationship skills to pastor people, to understand, to read rooms, to read people how they're doing, and to just be able to make discernment calls in all situations so I think that one's very important I encourage everyone to to be able to self-evaluate themselves think am I just being awkward in this moment and I being weird in this moment how are other people perceiving me um, and that's really hard but we all got to work on it okay so spiritual vitality marriage and family relation skills the third one is having directional clarity um, this is knowing where you're going as a leader to say, I'm in this place right now, we're going this one. And that starts with the church and or your organization, whatever it is, um, about where we going as an organization, what is our mission statement, what are we actually doing? And maybe that's something that you have to ask yourself if you're um, one of those organizational leaders right now and you think, what is our organization meant for? Um, if you're a church, then it's hopefully <laughs> it involves 
Jesus and uh, having people meet him and grow in a relationship with him. Hopefully you have a mission statement about that and a couple key values about, you know, this is what we value. We value people. We value Jesus. We value community. We value whatever it is. Um, so that's the start. You got to have that. But then in your own ministry, um, you have to have a specific ministry that correlates with that bigger picture of your organization. Um, in your department says, we do this through kids ministry and we want to partner with families or we want to see kids grow. Um, we want to see kids be able to uh, know these things about God when they go into grade one. Uh, we want them to be able to have a small group discussion in grade five. Um, amid, lots of great resources out there about that stuff. So if you need help figuring out some tangible goals, just research it. Um, if you need help, message us. You can follow us on Instagram, just a reminder, Kids Ministry Pod at Kids Ministry Pod, or send us an email, kidsministrypod at gmail.com. We want to have those conversations with you and I have a couple great interviews um, lined up with some uh, people in the industry who create these resources. So um, just keep your eye open for those if you need help. But Having directional clarity um, is acknowledge him um, and know that your path is straight. Uh, I think of Proverbs when it says acknowledge him in all your ways and he will make your path straight. And you think about what is a straight path? Um, Well, the opposite of a straight path is a crooked path. And a crooked path, what happens on crooked path is you go zigzag, you go left, you go right. And on a crooked path, you lose sight of what's important. But on a straight path, you're always looking at the thing that you're trying to get to. And that's important is to always keep the main thing the main thing. This is really important in your programming, in your uh, events that you do, in your Sunday schools of what you do. Keep the main thing the main thing. And Help remind yourself, what is the main thing? Write it on a wall. Make it a mission statement. Pray it every day. Main thing, the main thing. So that's why I'll leave you with that one. The last one is being a catalytic leader. Um, And so what this means, if you don't know the word catalytic or catalyst, is a substance to use in small amounts relative to the reaction so in like a science experiment if you add a little dash of this and there's a big explosion that's a catalyst Um, something that speeds on the the reaction that you want Um, and we are all called as leaders to multiply other leaders and that's what we're supposed to be is a catalyst to spur on other people. And I think of the verse that says, um, I want you to continue meeting together as some of you are not, not in the habit of doing. Spur each other on to love and good deeds. Be catalysts um, with each other. And that goes to a micro level. So start with the two or three people around you. Who are you personally discipling? Who are you personally pouring into? And then as a bigger leader, as all the leaders that you oversee, who are these people that I'm actually spurring on? And practically, this can look as, um, are you holding leadership training events, maybe? Are you meeting with people? Are you handing out resources to people? And this is very simple, but are you identifying people as leaders? Are you saying, hey, I've identified you as a leader and I want to pour into you. Here's where you're at. Here's some skills you need to get to. 
Here's how we're going to get there. Coming up with a plan. That's the biggest part of being a catalytic leader is being intentional and coming up with a plan. So encourage you guys to do that. If you don't have a plan, sit down, write one up. Even if it's simple, just start and say, here's some people. Here's where I want to get them. And that can be simple. Um, here's, here's a very simple thing. You have a leader in a room. Let's say you have a room of three leaders. You have three leaders and you have one classroom leader. So the first step is being a leader. Then the next step is being a classroom leader. And then maybe the next step is being a Sunday leader or an age group leader. Identify different positions in a, in a, in a pipeline. And a great resource for this is called Leadership Pipeline. And it identifies how you move people from one step to the next step. So that's another great resource for you. Go get it. And um, I love this because when you do this, it becomes about the mission and not about your glory. When other people around you are succeeding and you're not, and you're not succeeding, it becomes about the mission and not about your glory. And that's another thing. Check your heart. Um, it, are you happy when other people succeed? Pray into that. That's really important. Okay, so those are the five, just to recap, spiritual vitality, make sure that your spiritual life is healthy before your ministry life, marriage and family, make sure you don't sacrifice your family on the altar of ministry, but more importantly, or more what needs to be looked at is that your family has a call to sacrifice together and that you're on the same mission. Relational skills, work on your soft skills. This is uh, resolving conflict, building relationships, making sure you're emotionally stable. Have directional clarity in your life and in your ministry um, and be a catalytic leader. Bring leaders up around you and make them grow. So these are just five critical aspects to leadership, success. Make sure that you're doing them. Make sure that you're teaching other people around them. Um, share this podcast with other leaders. That's the best way for them to hear it best way. And if you have any questions, please let us know. Again, you can follow us on Instagram. Send us a DM. That's at Kids Ministry Pod. Send us an email, kidsministrypod at gmail.com. Check us out. We want to talk to you. And if you want um, some resources from your team or you want help bringing your team along with this process, please reach out to us. We want to help you. This podcast is all about bringing a community, and I'm really excited over the next couple months. Um, some great interviews lined up with people, and I'm just so excited how you guys have responded to this um, podcast. So thank you for listening. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it, and thank you for reaching out and giving your suggestions, um, being willing to talk with me, and yeah, we are growing the kingdom together to build up the next um generation of jesus loving people love you guys and i'll see you next week the god who came to save me from my sin became a man he lived a life i could not live and died as heaven's land